One sure. day she was so stressed, okay? And she like called me and we're like talking it through and you were like, I haven't showered in like three days or something. It was longer. I think it was like five. It was like a ridiculously <laughs> gross, like... Luxuries of home, but amount. also not luxuries of home. Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast, hosted by best friends, Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are on your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in finding your shine. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another week of the podcast. We are really excited today to have a repeat guest on, um, which I always love because I feel like there are so many conversations where we have such a good thing going that we just have to have part two. And I love when we get to share that with all of you. So today that is Sam Vander Whelan, who, if I remember right, you know, we met at the Good Fest when we met up for Katie Dale Bouts, like yes, dinner together. That is it, because we met that whole Philly crew is what I call it whole Philly crew. And mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it was great. Like we went out to dinner. <laughs> I remember talking with Sam I'm like, wow, she's super cool and has a really interesting story. That's a lot like me. So let's get her on the podcast. And then I think it's crazy that she was like just transitioning from attorney health coach world to doing legal documents and things like that for coaches and business. So yeah. Yeah. So for anyone that isn't familiar with Sam Vanderweelen, I encourage you to go to samvanderweelen.com. We will link that because, you know, kind of a long last name, (laughs) but she, like Nina said, does DIY legal templates for entrepreneurs, online entrepreneurs, and just has really great, not only that content is invaluable in and of itself, because if you're thinking of starting something and that's holding you back, you're like, I don't want to get sued. I'm scared of this. Like, I don't know how to set my business. She's got you covered on that front. But if you are in her Facebook group, which I am as a member of having purchased something before, me Nina too. is me tooing at me on the video. And I think she has a free one too. A free what? Yeah. She has, she just has a group, I believe for any fempreneur. Yeah. I couldn't remember because I always see the one that I'm in, but I think I'm actually in both. She has a wonderful email that she sends out too. So there's lots of great content. If you are thinking of open, starting a business or are a business owner, she just, and you'll see from the episode, just a wealth of knowledge. For sure. And we cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. But before you dive in, we talk a lot at the end of the episode about Sam, who's going to be speaking at Empowered Voice. We cannot wait. Um, She actually gives you guys a little bit of a sneak peek of what her uh, breakout session is going to look like at the end of the episode. So make sure you listen all the way through. But we are still continuing to sell those tickets and you can get yours for $97 to attend the conference on September 21st. It is going to be incredible. We are locking down some fantastic exhibition booths for you. We have swag bags that are getting full to the brim. I'm a little afraid they're too full. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm a little friend. Like I hope they fit in the bag. We have some incredible products. Like we have Primal Kitchen. We have Four Sigmatic. Who else do we have in these swag bags? We have Bonza Pasta. We also have, if you have been wanting to try some brands and haven't explored them yet, like a discount, like a free month at Thrive uh, Market or 
or coupon for Super Fit Hero, who I love because they have size inclusive leggings. So they go up, um, they have a variety of sizes for all shapes and sizes of people that want to have movement in their lives. So yeah, not only products themselves, but also discounts and offers for things you might be interested in trying to. Yep. So not only are you going to get a ton of value just from our speakers, some of our headline speakers include Almost 30, Katie Delbaugh, Katie Horwich, Talia Pollock, Simi Bodich, all of these incredible speakers, Kelsey Patel coming in, but you get to explore all of these booths. We have local vendors, we have vendors coming from outside of Columbus. And then of course, all the cool stuff you get to go home with and lunch. So if you are interested in coming, enjoying, networking, we would love to see you. You can purchase those tickets at the link in our bio on Instagram at Finding Your Shine Podcast, or you can go to empoweredvoiceconference.com or you can just search up Empowered Voice in Eventbrite. Just make sure the city is Columbus and you'll find us there. Yeah. Well, without further ado, let's talk to one of our Empowered Voice speakers, Sam Vanderreelen. Hey listeners, today me and Liz are talking to our really good friend, Sam Vanderweelen, who is been on the podcast. She's been on the podcast before. She's a returning guest and she also is going to be speaking at our conference Empowered Voice in September. So we're like, let's get her back on. We love chatting with her about all the things, business, emotions, life. She's basically was our therapist before we started recording this episode. She's incredible. So we can't wait to dive in. Um, Sam, thanks so much for coming on the show again. Hi, Nina and Liz. Thank you so much for having me. I was thinking this morning, I was like, the last time I was on, it was wine and shine. And we were were all in such a different place. I think I was like just starting. I I was like ending my health coaching business, kind of transitioning to helping wellness women with legal. And so... Uh, yeah, a lot of things were different for all three of us. Yeah, I was laughing because when you said before we started recording, you're like, oh yeah, two years. I was like, it's only been two years since you started your business. Like in my head, it's been like, Sam Vanderbilt has been doing this for 10 years. It honestly crazy. feels like from the outside when you said that I also was shocked because yeah, I was like, <laughs> it really seems like you have the most consistent like business flow and also you just got your shit together. Like you got the Facebook group, you got the ultimate bundle, you got the course, you got the every, like, it's just Sam's, I get inbox emails from Sam and I'm like, she's on her game every day. <laughs> like, that's what I think. Should we, should we drop two like huge nuggets of business gold in the beginning? Yeah, I think? this is okay. what we're about today. <laughs> The two, I would say, the two, well, first of all, thank you for saying that, but it feels like, I was going to say my shoulders feel like it's been more than two years. (laughs) (laughs) But but to me, the the two main reasons, like if anyone is listening to this who also has a business, wants to start a business, especially the two reasons that this has like worked out for me so far as um, one, I would say is that I've kept it super simple. So one thing I see in business and just having worked now with thousands of clients, and like getting to see a lot of the same businesses like repeated. Just keeping it simple in terms of the amount of offers that you have. I think people are a little bit panicked in the beginning and they, they want to create almost like a restaurant menu of services. Oh, that sounds like nourished with Nina. I was like, I do this and this and this and this and this. And now all of a sudden I'm like, I do hormones. And like yes, a dose exactly. of tarot. Like I've like <laughs> just been, yeah, that's so funny. That was me 100%. 
I think that is so true. I mean, people say that all the time, like what you said, Nina, especially it's like people will say that to me a lot and about how they think I've been doing this for so long or how I seem so clear or doing so well. And I'm like, you just think that because I'm consistently talking about the same thing over and over and over again. And on my end, I have my days where I have to like pep myself up to remember that it's not getting old in the sense that people aren't really seeing it, right? It's like one person sees it here, one person sees it there. So I think that's like one huge thing. But I I was going to say the second one was also that I provide, I kind of pride myself on like supreme customer service. And Mm -hmm. I think that has gone a long way. And I have kept it a one woman show just because I've been able to, because my business is 100% passive. And so uh, I have just been like really responsive and gone above and beyond and tried to help and like offer additional resources and sending handwritten notes and like all of that kind of old school stuff. And I think a lot of people in our industry just don't focus enough on the people yeah. who are already paying them because they're always so interested in getting more, like more followers, more mm. clients, more whatever. And it's like, but what about the people who are already here? So I think, I think that's why, honestly. One thing I love too is that kind of going back to that like personalized personal service thing, you recently put out content, which by the way, like please find all of Sam Vanderwillen's content because oh my it's, God. it's like, cool. I've never seen the same thing twice. Like I know you're like, I have my lane and I stay in it, but like the content is always so varied and I always see so, there's so many different things. I'm like, oh, I'm interested in that and that and that. Recently, I think it's one of your most recent emails. It was about like keeping that balance between personal, like in person and online. And I think it's so tempting with the online space to get like really into just like building this virtual network and kind of forgetting about events or local partnerships or things of that nature. So that was something that I just stuck out to me as being kind of a differentiator in the online space that focus on personal. I'm really glad you brought that up, Liz. Actually, I was thinking about this yesterday. I think that people are getting confused when we say online business, that they're thinking that the only way that you can market your business is online and then you work with those people online. And what I was thinking, I took a walk yesterday. I call them wind down walks. So after I have like a really uh, techie day with my business, I'm like in the code on my website. I have to like take a walk to wind down. And so I was taking this walk and I was thinking yesterday, just because you have an online business, that means that you work with the people online. Right. right. So like you talk through Zoom or you talk through Skype or on the phone or whatever it is. But the marketing, I don't know where things got mixed up in the messaging that it wasn't okay to host an event like Empowered Voice, for example, or someone like me who's going to go speak at Empowered Voice. That's going to be in person. But it's possible that someone at Empowered Voice sees my stuff, goes on my website and buys my stuff. Mm-hmm. So now my business still online, but that doesn't mean that everything has to be that way. And so people are getting like so freaked out about, you know, there are 9 million people doing this on Instagram and 9 million people doing this on Facebook. I see, I'm like, well, then why are you like, get out of the game then? Like, go, go try things differently. Yeah. Host your in-person, like do a workshop, do whatever you want, but it doesn't mean everything has to be online. That's so true. I was talking mm-hmm. to, do you know who Caitlin Parsons is? She was from Philly. Okay. I think you guys linked up. She's super amazing. Anyway, she's coming on the podcast soon too. Oh, that's great. Yeah. But anyway, so we are both uh, health coaches. And so we talk all the time about like the the highs and the lows of like running the business. And um, Instagram came up and I I had like, I must have phrased something about like, man, it's hard to like reach a wide audience. Like it's hard to like da, 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 you know, in that kind of like lack mindset of like, it's hard, it's hard. And she was like, but wait, what about like 
the 3,400 people you already have on your Instagram. Yeah. Like you're thinking about all these other people you haven't reached yet, but you have this amount of people that are, are in your community right now. Or even like my Facebook group, I've real I just started a Facebook group. It has like, I think 66 people in it right now. And sometimes you look at somebody else and you're like, oh my God, they have like a thousand. They have 5,000. And I'm like, wait a minute, I have 66 people who are in here that are interested in learning about women's health and hormones. So it's so true. Like, why aren't we cultivating the people we have in our community? It could be five people, but those are five people that are like need your information and need your help. Yes, it is so true. And I I think that that kind of starts with this like reality check that the part that's not in our control, at least, or at least that we just have to become conscious of is like, it's it's Instagram's wish and purpose for us to continue to have the more, more, more mentality, right? Use it more, check it more, get more people, get more people on the platform, get more people involved once they're on the platform. And so like our interests are a little bit different than like Instagram's interests, you know, because I think what Caitlin told you is dead on. And so yeah. I, I always think about this as like, for you, Nina, like if we were talking about this and, you know, if I would say to you, like, do you have 3,600 clients? Well, if not, then there are like all those people are out yeah. there waiting. So true. Right? I like, was like, shit, no, not yet. But. <laughs> yeah, not yet, not yet. Yeah. You will, you will. But that, I mean, that's kind of the way that I've been shifting my focus on it mm-hmm. is like looking at all those people or even like knowing that not all my clients find me, follow me on Instagram because they just like don't need to anymore. So I think about it that way. And I've, um, I recently signed up for this program by Tyler McCall on, he, he's in like an Instagram expert and marketing expert. And he was, he was like, he, he has this like funny line about how, like, what makes you think that you deserve more followers mm. when you're not servicing the ones you already have. Oh, and gold. I, yeah. Yeah. And I thought that gave me kind of like the gut check that I needed to be like, oh yeah, why would I like, why should I get more and more and more when I'm not be like, going out and buying like more and more groceries when you already have like tons of Stay fresh nice. food in your fridge. My life. Like, yeah. <laughs> You're describing literally my cupboard. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. How would you... So what's been your experience in getting... In moving the needle on some of those followers that you already have? Like you obviously like... I don't know if the Facebook game is like your main thing. That's where I happen to see all the action. Yeah. So I wasn't sure how you kind of cultivated your audience to be a referral network. Yeah, what's your favorite yeah. way? I split my time. Now, in the beginning, I was getting um, clients who I would say were not fitting the target market that I was looking for. Very mm. nice people, but tended to be much older women. I was like, what am I doing that I'm like putting out this vibe? <laughs> like, I am an old woman at our age. Sam. Part. How old are you? You're like our age. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm 31. <laughs> yeah, I was like, gonna say you're like nine, and I'm like always crotchety oh, about gotcha. stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm a grandma somewhere, but on the inside, deep inside. You're an old but, soul. Um, I'm an old soul. Mm, so that's my positive spin. Me. Yeah, exactly. So it, I'm telling you that because I shifted. If I feel like one thing that I would love to see clients do more is think about that in terms of what kind of clientele you're trying to reach. So like if the clients you're trying to reach are like young millennials, well, they're probably on Instagram, right? So I knew I wanted to reach like a bit of a younger audience. So I did start to shift some of my focus there. And then in terms of Facebook, just poured my intention into the community because it's like an easy, nice little neat place to like post things and and do training. Mm -hmm. And so one of the ways that... Or a couple of the ways that I started servicing the people who are already following me on Instagram were that 
you should be looking through the people who are consistently watching your stories who are what I call the clingers. So the people are clinging on, but they're not engaging with you. So um, I think that's a really good way is to like look through those. I see the same people where they're like watching, 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 but it's never me. seeing anything. Yeah. yeah I mean, I've done business with you, but like I do watch all your stuff. Like, yeah, you know, no, I'm a clinger. I'm a clinger too. And then I, I get mean, pissed at I, the clingers for me. I'm like, I see yeah. you seeing my stuff and asking me questions, but yeah. But people that you see that are watching that you don't know yet, like who haven't uh-huh. booked the call or haven't engaged, mm. like you should start a conversation with them. I also think starting to genuinely comment on your ideal client's stuff, uh, not just the like, Love this pick. Hey girl, like whatever, something really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. So actually like genuinely engaging with them has been really helpful. And uh, you know, just kind of playing with the algorithm. I think something else that's been helpful has been like to just like with your emails. So like when you send out emails to your list, the more people you can get to open your emails and reply to them, that means that you have a greater deliverability Mm -hmm. rate for all the other people. So same kind of goes for Instagram. I always think about like, I I include what I would call kind of cutesy, like throwaway, like polls or the tap, like yes or no, or something like that. Because the more you get people to engage with even stuff, it starts to show it to more people or you'll show it more consistently first in their feed uh, and really with stories. So between all of those things and like having a plan where you're actually writing to, you know, writing to your ideal client in your ideal client's voice, really like taking on their struggle, mm-hmm. uh, kind of the little, the little like structure that I follow is like identifying the current pain, reality or truth, um, illuminating where they want to go and then kind of drawing out what the gap is that's getting them from A to B. And that's where you come in. How did you, like, obviously you were a lawyer before and then you were a health coach. Is this, is all of your knowledge just from experience of doing your own thing? Or like, I feel like you have so much knowledge beyond what a lawyer would have. I was just going to ask that, Liz. Like literally was going to be like, so how did you learn? (laughs) And you said the same thing. I have learned. So I, I have been lucky to find mentors, I think so far, or like uh, join. I, I've really only been in one business coaching program. Um, and so I did take a lot away about like content marketing from that one because I didn't know as much about that. I would say though, that being, a, not, not being afraid of just trying things. Like I, yes. I would encourage people to take more of an experimental strategy. And it's it's funny. It's like, on the one hand, you need to be willing and able to experiment and do the Goldilocks approach, as I say. But on the flip side, you should keep the data because otherwise we're just building everything off of emotion and feeling. Like, I feel like Instagram's not working for me. I feel mm. like no one's reading my email. Mm-hmm. I feel like no one's buying my emails or whatever. But when I say to people, like, is that true? A lot of times they're like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, what does the data say? Like, you have to start keeping track of some of this stuff. And so I think that's kind of a nice balance of like, I'm willing to try stuff, but I'm also going to make sure this is based on facts and not just like, I don't feel like my ideal clients on Facebook or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember... I I guess I still am working on that whole feeling thing because I realized exactly what you said. The more that I've started engaging in conversation, like one-on-one with people and the Facebook group really has been a huge like light bulb moment for me because I realized like people have been seeing the content, you know, like people are interested. People are taking the information and like trying to apply it to their lives or they'll send me a message like, oh, I've been following you and I've been trying this and this. I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, like I'm over here. It can seem like such a distant world, like so disconnected because it's online. But then you have to realize like 
people are absorbing your stuff and it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be so black and white, I guess. And that's how I used to make it. Like, oh my God, it's either they are or they aren't. It's like, that's not true at all. Well, everyone that I've ever, and I don't know, Nina, if you feel this way, but everyone that I've ever done business with, I never like saw someone's thing and like right away was like, I'm buying this. I'm signing up for this. Like they've all been established online relationships over time with people that, and usually I've met them in person also. Like they're, it's, it's never been like, I see your stuff and I buy right away. It took a while for me to get to that point. Trust. Exactly. Yeah. And one strategy I would recommend not only to both of you, but anybody listening who has a business is that you should take a, like a Google sheet or Excel sheet or something and put the name of every single client, anybody who's ever purchased something from you, if you have like a product or download or whatever, and then make a column of exactly like basically build out a little map of how they got to you. Mm. So for example, in mine, I have like, did they go through my email nurture sequence? Did they book a free call with me? Are they in my Facebook community? And like, so I go through and I check off. And so it's really interesting for me after I had enough people, I started to see patterns of like, wow, people who are just in my Facebook community are buying who I've never spoken to on the phone or you know, vice versa. I'll see that my calls convert at a really high rate. Tracking your calls and knowing how many of them convert, like really starting to get dirty with the data here and like knowing like, okay, this is where this is actually coming from. And and asking yourself this question of like, is this feeling or is this fact? Like saying like, I feel like my calls aren't working. Well, what's your conversion rate in your calls? Like you really do need to know that because now if they're converting really well, you know you should be driving more people to them. If they're not converting well, then we either need to like figure out why your sales calls aren't working or we need to figure out like why the wrong people are getting to that part of the process mm-hmm. in the first place. So even I'm just so- like, like that. So I'm a nerd. Um, do you, and I like process like a lot, you like do. operations is my favorite yes. thing ever. Do you have, like you mentioned an Excel sheet. Do you have like, is there, do you like using a CRM or something? You're just like old school, like going in and excelling it. And what's your I, I do like that stuff, but it's hard in my business because people buy cold without me mm. ever seeing them. And so People will go and buy the ultimate bundle who I've never spoken to, who aren't on my email list and who aren't in my group. And I'm like, so where they did just, you come from? I was just going to say, did they just like yeah. Google, I need this? And then Sam's so website pops up? I, I now implemented a system where I go back and I follow up with them. I have a conversation like, where did you find me? What happened? And like the other day, I just found a woman who had bought the ultimate bundle. She was like, I literally Google searched your name, like read everything you ever wrote and like 20 minutes later bought nice, the bundle because yeah. I knew I needed it. And that was it. But that was interesting for me to know that she came from Google. And then I asked her some follow-up stuff. It's like, what was it about what you saw? And she was like, well, I really liked your website. I had checked out other people who did what you did, but like your website really spoke to me. Mm. Okay. What about my website? Well, I really like the branding. I like the feel. I like that you talked about your life other than legal stuff, you know, all of that. And that's all data for me to start being like, okay, then that's what people are enjoying. And so I need to just either continue on or, you know, whatever. But I know through the data that that is an important thing. Not just like, I feel like people love my website. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's important for me to do that. Do you ever have a fear that like when that happens and somebody buys, purchases something that you've never talked to before? Are you ever like, oh, I hope you enjoy it. Or, oh, I hope this is working for you. Or being able to disconnect. Because as a, a teacher, you know, I taught for seven years. So I was like always like right there with the students. I knew what they needed help with. It's like I'm a control freak when it comes to like teaching and coaching. And then um, I recently like have this online course and I'm like, oh, what if someone buys it? And I like, no, don't get to talk to them. Like, how do yeah. I know? Is, do you ever have that fear with 
the world of, you know, online business? I had it in the beginning for sure. When I first put out the ultimate bundle, I had the I had the fear that like the wrong people would end up in it or something. Like that they would get in there and be like, oh, this isn't what I thought yeah. it was. But yeah, that's what I mean. Um, yeah. So I think that if you're an, if you're nervous about that, like obviously there's like the mindset piece of you being really confident and knowing mm-hmm. like you put out the really good product. And I I know I've heard people say this in the past and I thought it was like so cheesy when they said it, but now I actually believe this that you have to it, like you have to love the products that you're putting mm-hmm. out or like love the thing. And I do. I feel like so passionate about it. I'm like, I know that this is the best thing on the market. There's nothing else like it. I know it's really helpful. I know I will continue to improve it. And I know also, Nina, I trust myself that if there was ever a problem or if somebody brought something to my attention where they're like, this video didn't make sense. Or like, I think that it also needs to have this. That's something that I'd be happy to contribute to it. Yeah. So it's like just trusting in yourself. It's not you're like dining and dashing. You're, you're putting this out and you can continue to grow it. Yeah, I love um, that. And then- I think on the technical end, it's about having the right like pre-qualification steps leading up to it. Obviously, like sales page copy and all that, like doing the qualifying language, like who this is for, who it's not for. And if you're leading them there from something like your email sequence or something like that, then having a lot of that in there and and backing up even more, like the way that you talk about it on social media, like who are you saying this is for? What are you saying it helps them with? All that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Have have you always been really good at like logistical things and like organization. Like Liz, she loves systems and processes. I'm which is hilarious because like I'm not in business though. Like, you are like yeah, but I'm not like a clean I have to work super, super hard to be an organized human, but in work, like something about like having a flow is like my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm actually not that organized enough. It's just like the way my mind works, but oh, I... Oh, you come off as very organized. <laughs> it's funny. I know. I feel like I was just joking with my copywriter this morning that she was um, posting on Instagram about how she's like sitting down today and planning for the quarter. And I was like, I plan for like quarter of hours. Like I'm like, uh, today I'll post on Instagram right now yeah. <laughs> about this. And then tomorrow I'm like, oh, I should talk about this. Like I'm I'm actually not very good at it. I it's it's interesting though. When I was a, so when I was a kid, I started businesses all the time. I was obsessed with businesses. You were born I to do it. It was born to do it. It's definitely my blood. And what's been most satisfying to me though is actually that um, when I was an attorney, I went through a period. I mean, I was like really sad about being an attorney, and mm-hmm. I, I really didn't know like what my, the rest of my life was going to look like. And I had kind of developed a story both from things I was telling myself and what like people were telling me that I was lazy because I was like, mm. I was working there and I was like, I don't want to do this. Like I wanted to go out for like two hour lunch breaks and like walk around. I would go like hide in the mall that was at the bottom of the skyscraper that I was working in. I would be like, oh, there's a J. Crew down here. I'm going to go walk. <laughs> Around and and I would just like spend a lot of money and like go shopping and then I would go buy a lot of food and I would take it back to my office and I would like gorge myself until I made myself sick because I was like mm. I don't know what to do and I I just would sit there and be like so worried like God you just don't have a work ethic like that's like what are you gonna do with that like there's no job in the world for you and so being an entrepreneur has been such a great surprise to me to learn like no I didn't have a bad work ethic I just wasn't doing what I wanted to do yeah. I actually work more now than I did, you know, but it's just like, I think you just got to find like your thing where you're willing to face those challenges or willing to put in the 
time and the systems. That's so good for so many people to hear because I think a lot of people are in situations where they either think like, I have a good job and I have a great family and I have a house and whatever your factors might be. And they're like, but I still not really feeling it. Like what's wrong? Like what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? It's like, nothing's wrong with you. You know, it's probably one of those factors is like not exactly what you want. You got to dig into it. And I can say from even teaching to here and also having a husband who runs his own business, it's the same thing. He got fired from three, he got fired from like all of his jobs pretty much. Like he got fired from like delivering pizza. I was like, how the hell did you get fired from delivering pizza? It was actually because of a conflict event, but whatever. And then like he worked in an office and like hated it. And then finally they came up and they were like, hey, we really see that you're not into this, are you? And he was like, no. <laughs> and then, but now he owns like an awesome business, you know, producing podcasts. But it's like, it's not, it, there's always some factor in there and it's not always you. It's usually something else. I mean, sometimes yeah, it could be you, but. <laughs> I think that's very true. I think it's like, it, I think people, this is why I mentioned before we started recording too, like I think some people get confused because even I fell into this trap too that like sometimes people think that entrepreneurship's then like the answer to everything. Like everything will just mm. Place, especially because you have the freedom and it doesn't help with like Instagram and stuff that people see this kind of laptop lifestyle, like sitting on a beach, drinking like a Mai Tai, writing your Instagram post or whatever. And it makes everything look kind of easy. And it's funny, I hit a point over the winter where I was feeling super burnt out. So it was after my dad had gotten sick. My, my dad has leukemia. And so it was like two, three months after. And I think I'd just been in like go mode for a while just to get stuff done. And then in like December, my business really started to slow down and everything had been really great up until then. I was like, this is so weird. And that instinct immediately kicked in to like do all the things. Like, yeah. like okay, this is what I need to do. I need to like post on Instagram 17 times a day. And I need to like post in my group 8 million times and do this and do that. And uh, one of my friends is a business coach, Sophie Kessner. She gave a really good tip where she was like, no, actually what you need to do is not do anything except take care of yourself. And I was mm. like, that doesn't make sense. That's not going to bring in any business. And she's like, just try it out. And so I started like taking long walks in the morning and reading and like literally not just not working. And then when I could, I would I just made a commitment that I would show up in Instagram on stories once per day, show my face. And like all of a sudden the weirdest thing happened. It was like the skies parted and I started to be like, oh, I thought of something I can talk about today that's really helpful. I lead with value. And I taught on that. And then somebody would DM me and be like, hey, can I buy the bundle? Like, where's the link? I was like, oh, that's weird. And then it just like, like the floodgates opened from there. So this idea too, that like either leaving your job or starting your own business is always like the answer. Like you're still going to hit these patches, but... It's freaking hard. Let's just like put that out there. It's hard. And I remember Mm -hmm. when we talked a long time ago, I did like, do you still do biz sessions? Like one-on-one? For only I really like. Oh, I, was I, was gonna, like, like, I actually was going to ask. I was going to be like, I feel like I want a biz session. I feel like, like I am. <laughs> I feel like I need another one. Um, but anyway, I remember like I was talking to you, and actually, also Ellie Thomas. You know Ellie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to her before I quit my job, and we were like, "It's hard. Like this shit's hard. Like don't think that you're going to just roll into it." But I have to say, like when it gets hard, it's like what we want to do in anything. Like when anything gets hard, we want to like control and clench and like grit our teeth and fight through it. But that's not when creativity comes to you. That's not when the answers come to you. You have to be in a state of flow. That's when you're connected. And that's what I found. But it's hard sometimes to like well, decide to Well, it's so stop. hard because I feel like you have to, I feel like I see conflicting things out there. I see like 
self-care. And this is where I feel like the turmoil and tension actually felt it this week. There's like the, you know, self-care, take care of yourself, which I, yes, I get. But then there's also like hustle, hustle. Like you'll never work a day in your life. If you love what you're doing, like you work 20 hours a day. And I feel like they're conflicting. There's the Gary V mentality. Yes. Right. Yeah. And then and you're like, oh, there's well, he's like, I can't think of a you know good I example. You know I hate Gary Vee, by the way. I know you, you know do. I hate I know. Him. I actually, well, yeah, that's a whole nother story. I'm not a big fan. <laughs> I'm, some of the things he says, I'm like, what the fuck? But then other things I, he says, I'm like, that makes sense. Like, that's a good point. I feel like he just says really obvious things in a very exciting way so that they sound like they're innovative, but they're really obvious Gary Vee, if you're listening to this podcast. Sorry. Just joking. <laughs> he's definitely not, not listening to this podcast. If I've, if I've learned anything in business so far, because I like used to go through this cycle all the time, it was to just like take out what, like maybe there's like one tip Gary Vee has that you like and like literally drop the rest and don't waste your time. Yeah. And like I used to get so hung up. There's a really big like podcaster, photography, business coach woman who I just, I just don't enjoy her stuff. And I like would get so hung up on it because she was so popular. And then it would be like, okay, like it's just not for me. It's totally fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It just really bugged me. But I had a bigger point about this. And I don't remember what it was. Oh, the difference between hustle and <laughs> yeah. self-care. Because I feel I think, like, yeah, go ahead. like that's what, especially for me now at this point where I have a full-time job and like way too many other things that I'm doing, I'm like, I look at my free time and I'm like, okay, well, we've hit five o'clock for work. So now we have to read this intuitive eating book. We have to like watch these training courses. We have to post on, it's like, it's like, the same level of laundry list from my 40-hour work week yes. just gets like moved to the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think that both camps are not being fair when they talk about it that way. I've actually been writing a lot lately. I just wrote an email to my list the other day about how I actually believe that periods of hustle are really important and necessary if you like want to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. And so I remember like locking myself up in my office to like get all my templates done and like record the trainings and get the course. And like I go through little bubbles, right? And I, I don't think it's healthy to do that when, it, when you're just like killing yourself to the max and kind of staying in the hustle. And then you get so burnt out that you can't post anymore. Because I believe above all else, it's important to be consistent. Mm-hmm. But I what's, what's misleading about the like, always be Zen and super chill is that like, it just doesn't let you realize that like, it's also okay to go through a little period of a hustle if you're excited about it. Like right now, I was just telling Nina before we all got on that I'm working on this big funnel and I'm like super, super excited about it. And I've been working so many hours on it, but because I'm excited, I also know it's a short period of time. And I know that frankly, it just like has to get done. Like I can't take a year to make this happen. I need to get, there are people waiting on me and certain things that need to happen. And I don't know, I'm just always very honest with entrepreneurs of like, yeah, I go through periods of super duper hustle. And then I like take a couple of days off and get back to like somewhere in the middle. Which is so good, again, for people to know like you aren't being quote unquote lazy if you also mm-hmm. need to take a couple of days or if you're a person that needs to like wake up and do your workout and meditate and then like, do a time block. Like that also is fine. Or if you're somebody that likes to, if you are Gary Vee and you can just work for 24 hours a day, like do it. Like if that's okay, are you listening to your body? I'm not sure. But like listen to your body and make sure that works for you. I was just going to say, I think it's hard because like corporate America, which is where 
like we're taught, you know, like you go to school, you go to college, you get a job, like nine to five, but like that's the trajectory we've all been told, like this is the way. And those environments are not like, you know, you should take a few days off. For sure. Just like, yeah get some self-care in and come back. Like, no one says that. They do that in So Italy. we just don't know what to do with it. I uh, No one agree. <laughs> and I feel like I should live there. Me but. too. <laughs> I feel like that's why the litmus test, though, Liz, is like, are you in the hustle because you're addicted to hustle and you're addicted to feeling like being busy equals important? Key. Or are you in the hustle because you're like working on a super cool project that you can't wait? I was like so pumped. I was working till like two, three, four in the morning every night to get my website done when I started this business because I like couldn't freaking wait. Not because I was addicted yeah. to being in the hustle. Like I was just so excited about it. I was happy. And like it was a really tough period in the sense that I was like tired, I guess. But I, it was so fun. I, I guess that's... I don't know, these days too, I'm kind of just shifting my mindset on so many things about like coming from a place of fun with everything, with eating, with movement, with your business. It's like, if that sounds fun to you to work on right now, sure. Do you, should you also still be taking care of yourself and maybe doing things that Nina can help us with in terms of like <laughs> calming down our adrenals? Yeah. And yeah, but like, it's just, I, I don't know. I feel like they do a disservice to people being like, I'm never in a state of hustle. Like I'm always yeah, chill. Yeah, that's true. I don't think that's fair. Like, you know, some people enjoy it. It's okay. And it, it just can't be forever, obviously. Yeah. I think when you start to feel um, negative about yourself and your person, you yeah. know, that's when you know that it's out of balance. When you're like, oh, well, if I don't, because this is what I find in the work that I do with women is that they feel like a failure because they haven't checked off X, Y, and Z on their to-do lists. Or like, mm. I didn't fit in my workout this morning and now it's going to ruin my whole day and like this and this and that. I'm like, well, what are you making that missed workout mean about you? Or like, what are you making these missed tasks on your to-do list mean about you? You know? And mm -hmm. so that's when you, you realize, but like you said, if you're like going and feeling good and energized, by it, keep doing it because that's like serving you, you know? And maybe there should be like a basic needs checklist of like, you probably should always be getting like, you know, decent amount of sleep and like make sure you're eating enough because frankly, you need that fuel to have the good ideas and the creativity that are going to be needed yes. and whatever project you're doing. So like, I'm, I'm sure there should be like some bare minimum list that you have for yourself and kind of like like agree, like an agreement, almost like a contract with yourself as to like, okay, even in this period of hustle, I'll commit to going to yoga twice this week For or sure. once this week. Never, even anyone can fit in a five minute like yoga YouTube video or something like this, you know. So stuff like that even can be so helpful. And I, this is just having me think too about like all the shoulds around business that we hear, or just about making these decisions in our lives. And my friend Jamie Mendel had a really good yeah. point about that. I was chatting with her, and we were talking about. Like, um, for example, I was talking about sharing things about my dad being sick. And I was like, it, I like when my dad got sick, I, I am just like, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And as you guys know, I'm like very honest mm -hmm. and upfront about how I'm feeling and like what's going on. And so like, don't ask unless you really want to know and like all that kind of stuff. And I was saying like, I felt frozen about being on social media because everything else I was talking about, A, felt stupid. And B, I just felt like almost like a fraud because I was like, I'm not going to be like out here yeah. showing my walk or like my morning smoothie when this like giant thing's going on that I'm not talking about. And she was like, does it feel good for you to share? Like, does it, is that part of your process? And I was like, yeah. Cause like I talk about, like, I like to share, like I like to be an open person. It makes me feel better to feel like I'm not holding something in on my own. And she's like, well, then there's nothing wrong with sharing it. Like it's, mm -hmm. but it's about taking that moment to question. And so we hear all these things about shoulds. Like I heard shoulds about like, you shouldn't talk about sad things. It'll bring people down. 
Like, okay, well, this is what's going on. So what do you want me to do? I think it's really interesting. Like if you guys are trying to run your own business and you're you're getting so confused because you're hearing so much noise and advice online, like really taking that step back to kind of think about what feels good for you. Maybe your period of hustle feels good. Maybe feel, sharing feels good, like whatever that is for you. It's like the same thing in the diet world. Right. Or in like mm-hmm. the health world. It's like, you should do keto. You should do paleo. You should do this. You should not do that. Don't and, get me started. Right. And so <laughs> we have to take a step back and be like, well, what does my body actually want? Do I yeah, like, really that want that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about, which I mentioned earlier, like I am always curious how people that work from home, like how they structure their day, their routine, their work environment. I'm just curious as someone who obviously is getting like a ton of stuff done, what do you do for your productivity in terms of your environment? So one thing that I have learned over time that has helped to keep me in a place that you know, I can get a lot done and all that good stuff and not feel burnt out is that I don't need to, I abandoned the shoulds and I abandoned the rules that I don't need to start working at like eight or 9 a.m. I had that corporate mentality of like, I need to sit down and like, feel like I'm ready at my desk. So one of the best things I think I ever abandoned was like, I would say a good 9.30 to 10.30 start time is like probably closer to 10, 10.30 on a lot of days is like my start time. But the, the deal with myself is that that time in the morning is used to things that are really for me. So as you guys know, like my like quiet, cozy coffee time mm-hmm. is very important. So getting up in the morning and making coffee and just having time to just have coffee, not like eating and walking and doing 9 million other things. But like, I think it's just that people make fun of me for loving coffee so much, but it's really just that ritual of taking that time and it just feels so like slow and quiet. So that's been really important for me. And then some sort of movement. So some days it's like a class at the gym or a walk or yoga. And then getting showered and dressed and all that good stuff. And then by that point, I feel like now I'm ready to work. So that's yeah. why that's by like 9.30 to 10.30. And then I work till lunch. I take a break for lunch. I don't eat while I'm at my desk. So that's been helpful. Do you work from um, home all the time? Or do you go to an office sometimes have, or like a coffee shop? No. So I only work from home, at least like technically speaking. And then I go to a coffee shop. I just started doing um, a little like date with myself where I signed up for a WeWork membership where I just go one day a month in the city. Mm. So it's kind of my big day out. And I something that's really helpful for me when I need to get a lot of things done is um, kind of like associating a place with a task or a project that I need to get done. So like my one day at WeWork, for example, I'll be like, I am literally just going to WeWork that day this month to write all of my emails to my list for the month. And that's mm. the only thing I'm working on while I'm there. And I find that really helpful because otherwise I would go like set up at Starbucks or something and I would just, you know, switch between browsers and do like 9 million Story different of tasks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, same. So I get it. I get it. <laughs> it's really a practice of self-discipline, I think. So how, yeah, that's what I do. How do you separate the boundary? Because I work from home now, which I, I don't mean to complain. Like it's amazing that I work from home. I literally like, Thursday, I have an appointment to go get my computer fixed at Apple at like 3 p.m. You can shower like, that's just, not shower yeah. if that's what you want to do. Obviously, I don't shower ever. <laughs> talking about when we were talking stuff, about yes. like making sure your self-care needs are met and like, did you eat? Did you like do a workout? And my brain, did I like bathe? almost put Liz on blast and was like, did you shower? One time, can I just tell this story, Liz? One sure. day she was so stressed, okay? And she like called me. We're like talking it through. And you were like, I haven't showered in like three days or something. It was longer. I think it was like five. It was like a ridiculously gross. Like 
<laughs> luxuries the, of the home, but amount. also not luxuries of home. Right. So my question is, all after all that, um, <laughs> how do you, because I find it hard to draw the line and to stop working. Like, cause I can just like, I'll be like, oh, I'll just like put my laptop on the couch, especially because my husband also works from home. So I feel like I, it's the equivalent of like having a cot in my office. Like that's what I feel like my life is 80% of the time or more. So I'm always interested, like how you separate those two things. I think like one thing I did was give myself a little cozy space in my office. So I have like my desk here and everything, but then I put like a nice comfy chair and ottoman in the corner so that it gives me time in my day to feel like I have that couch time that I'm like working from the couch more casually, but I still am doing that during the day. So I think that's just kind of helped me to feel like more, like I have options within my office. I think that's helpful. And I feel like in terms of stopping, I mean, a lot of that has to do with two like mindset shifts that I can think of. So one was that like, I know it was hard for me, Liz, at least that coming out of corporate of just this feeling that like you needed to work longer. So maybe looking at your day, being like, is there something going on in my day that's leaving me feel like I don't get enough done? And one way that can be is that your to-do list is unrealistic or too long. Um, It can be that there's something going on that's like inefficient. It can be that you're not staying within your zone of genius and letting somebody do something for you that like... That's a good point too. I always say to clients, like, is there something that only you can do? Like, for example, only I could write legal templates, but like, I don't need to be, I spent like hours today working on the back end code of my website. I don't need to be doing that. And so I'm like totally exhausted from having worked on that, but I don't need to be doing that. Yep. So looking at things like that and then asking yourself at the end of the day when you're like feeling the pull to not give it up. Um, Will this still be there for me tomorrow? (laughs) Like, is this a hard deadline? And kind of asking yourself, like, if you're like still anxious about wanting to work on something or being like, I just want to... Asking myself, like, is that a fact? Or is that like a feeling that I'm assigning to this, that this really needs to get done? Like, does it really need to get done? Or is it something that people... Like, is it something someone's waiting on you for? Or is it like... Right. Or is it like just something that you feel? Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with starting to detach from this like busy factor. 100%. Uh, we're just very used to, I, I just think when you come from the environment we came from, we're just used to that part of the hustle. And that's part of what we can let ourselves go of like, I actually get the opportunity to design my life and now. And so like, this is part of it. It's not just about the physical office space even, but I, I literally get to decide that I'm going to go like spend some time nurturing Liz, like doing something for me now. I have like yeah. two spinoff questions with that. Yeah. Here's my first one. And I don't know if anybody can relate. So I set up, I live in a one bedroom apartment, so I don't have like my own office, but I set up like a little cute desk with my salt lamp and my favorite books and my dream catcher and like all of Nina's favorite things. And it's super cozy and I love it. But I have this struggle of like, sitting here. I feel like I have to go somewhere. It's like for me to, it's like I get anxious or something. Like for me to wake up and like, okay, I got to go to work. That means I have to go to the coffee shop or that means I have to go to the office or whatever. It's like, I can't sit still. Is that just a Nina thing? Or do you think, I don't know, like, do you love coming to your home office? Do you like being, you guys both feel, what's the word I'm looking for? Energized by working from home. a lot of like rigidity around this in the beginning and I had like all these like rules and shoulds in my head and then now I'm really just going with the flow like I mean there's certain things I have to do in the business like having a podcast interview requires pretty much that I'm home because you want to 
Spotify and all that good stuff. But like um, this morning, I just looked at my calendar and I was like, you know what? Thursday, I have appointments, but they're all appointments that could be done somewhere else. And it just sounds really good to me mm. to go to Thursday. And so I feel like just almost checking in with yourself the same way you would encourage clients, Nina, to like ask yourself what you need today in terms of movement and food. It's very similar. Like I think you have to take that moment of like consciousness to be like, is today a day where I really want to just like be in this space or am I craving maybe some community connection, some energy from other people? And today's a day where I want to leave. I I like that you said that because I do believe that I do that. And it's like, I feel this weird guilt of like, you should be able to sit down at your desk and work. Like, why do you have to move around so much? But maybe that's just me, you know, that I'm like a person that gets a little buzz from this space and then I need to move to another space. And usually in the evenings... I'm like the opposite, I think. Usually in the evenings, I like to come home and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of done with all the buzz. Now I'm going to come home and work here. Start. I would start shifting that perspective of seeing that as a benefit of being your own boss. Mm-hmm. Like the benefit of being in your own company is that you get to choose where you work from. And like how one of the things I want to write my email list this week about is about like gratitude and just being really grateful for realizing that we have this opportunity to do this. And so it's like, it's incredible that we're getting this shot. And so like, just starting to see it as like, it's cool that you're like a multifaceted person. That's why you chose to be an entrepreneur and not sit behind a desk or in a classroom anymore. So that that's great. So use it, capitalize it. One of the greatest things that Simi, our friend Simi told, told me a long time ago was that like, there was no point in going into business for yourself if you weren't going to embrace all that comes with it yeah. because otherwise you might as well go back to getting a paycheck and some benefits. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was so cool to think about it. And I was like, oh yeah. So like that's one of the perks of being an entrepreneur. It's like I can go work from Starbucks or we work or sit here in my office or go sit in my cozy chair. So it's like go mix it up and and just I don't know, consider that one of the perks. Yeah. I think it's because we're I'm always interested at how we make problems for ourselves because we like to solve problems as humans. And I catch myself doing it all the time. And I think that's one of those times where exactly like you said, like we could and should be grateful, but we feel like we're accomplishing something by making it a problem and then creating a solution for it. Yeah. I think a lot of what we've been talking about has to do with like forcing ourselves. It's like forcing yourself to start work at 9 a.m. Like I have so many clients will just tell me that like, I know I should be sitting down by nine. I'm like, why? Why should you be sitting down by nine? Where the like online entrepreneur police like coming to get <laughs> yeah. like, nobody said you have the to. The online like, entrepreneur police. That's the best thing <laughs> I've heard in my entire life. I'm going to say that to myself. Be like, where's like, is your boss? Your online OEP. Yeah. <laughs> coming for you. Exactly. Like just, that's what I mean about kind of checking yourself and being like, is this a fact or is this something that I'm just like trying to make a fact for myself? how often do we do that? Like how often could we ask ourselves that question? Is this a fact or am I making Mm -hmm. this problem for myself? But you know what's interesting? How often do you justify? Like if you're like, am I just creating this problem for myself? Yeah, but I need to create this problem for myself because this, and then if that doesn't happen, then this, and and then like you end up talking yourself into why your made up problems are a real thing that should be concerning. I think because we start to show it all over ourselves. Like yeah, we totally. start to do the whole like, but I should work at my desk because I should be writing more content and content should be written and quiet. Like, wait, why? Yeah. <laughs> why does that be done? Exactly. <laughs> like I can only write content when I like blast rap music in my head. And it's like the funniest. Wait, is this real? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
Like the dirtier the rap, the better. It gets me to write email. <laughs> my list. I have no idea why. I'm like sitting there writing all contracts. And for some reason, like listening to rap music in a coffee shop, like really gets me in the zone. But I only also so know funny. that from giving myself like the space and flexibility to be like, let's just try this out. And in the beginning of my business, I would go like to so many networking get togethers and like dinners and lunches. And it was such a freaking waste of time. Mm -hmm. But like, I only knew because I tried, but then I also gave myself permission to stop and just be Mm -hmm. like, no, not doing that anymore. Go hand out my business card at these places. It's not working. It's not working for me. And it just like wasn't flat out working. So I didn't want to do it. And I just, I think we have to like drop the shoulds and start giving ourselves permission to do this stuff the way that we want. Stop shooting all over yourself. Stop shooting all over yourself. Exactly. If I don't listen to Odessa, I'm not writing a blog post. Like if I don't have Odessa on blast in my ears, you're not getting a blog post from me and I'm really sorry about it. But I have now to. we all know what you're listening to when you're when you're writing it. That's awesome. Also, I love like I'm just picturing like your little like cozy coffee shop picture, but then like <laughs> nasty Drake in the background, like, and I can't get over it that because exactly- your emails are very polite. <laughs> they they like, are. There's no cussing in them. I don't think. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, it's funny. That's been like something on my end. I'm like, that. that is not in my personality. I mean, as you guys know, and you've hung out with me, like I curse quite a bit. And so, I mean, like I'm an East Coaster, so I'm like pretty vile, I feel like. And so, <laughs> but like in my online business, I've been like, I felt very nervous to let that side yeah. out. And not, not that I'm like going to get crazy, but it's just like, you know, you... It, it is, it's been interesting to let little parts of myself start to drip out and not be like so fussed about what people thought about it. Like I sent out an email about how I smelled like a bag of mold when I was in third grade um, <laughs> against the teachers. <laughs> You'll appreciate that story, Nina. Have you read it? Like this teacher told me not to smell it and I did because I thought I was like getting away with it. Oh that was my being- God. I got big, I got in big trouble. But I just like, you know, in the past, I would have been like, oh, people are going to think I don't respect authority or like that I was mean to teachers or that I was a bad kid or whatever. And I was like, I don't really care. It was like, it had a point, it had a larger point about, yeah, about like not being afraid to be a little bit rebellious and not just taking everybody else's advice. Yeah. I loved your animal cracker story. I don't know why. I just love that story. Wait, what's the animal cracker story? (laughs) She wouldn't eat the heads off animal crackers. When did you know about that? right? Have you guys ever heard of anyone else doing this? No, but I mean, it makes sense. I mean, <laughs> it's like kind of violent if you think about it. It made me really sad and I would not <laughs> understand my dad. So for anyone who doesn't know I'm a vegetarian, this might make more sense to you. But oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm a vegetarian. And but when I was a kid, I would be like, I loved animals. And so like, I wouldn't eat animal cracker heads and I would just like eat the body, which I'm not sure why that was. <laughs> I guess it made it. You like, can't look too- into its eyes. It's <laughs> yeah, animal I cracker eyes. I couldn't look it in the face. So I would just like eat the body and then not eat the head. And I also apparently would like ask my dad, like, why don't people eat like dogs or like other animals? Like, I don't understand why there's this like arbitrary line that we draw about animals. Have you been a vegetarian since you were little? No, that's actually what my email was about. So I never ate like pork or anything. I stopped eating red meat like over 10 years ago. And then um, when I was an attorney, I just felt a, I, I had like no sense of self. Like I just kind of went about life. Like I didn't think about like what were my preferences or anything like that. This is such a silly example, but it's really funny. Ryan and I bought our house when I was still an attorney, and like he actually likes like home design and stuff like that. But I was so busy and I was never home because I was working. 
that I didn't make any of the choices for like a lot of the furniture that we got or colors that we chose and all of that kind of stuff. And it was like a year ago when I was like pretty like comfortable in my business. I started to look around and I was like, I don't like any of this stuff. Like I wouldn't have liked any of this stuff. But it wasn't because I didn't like it wasn't because I voiced that at the time. I wouldn't have even known what my preferences were. Yeah. Like I had no opinion. I had no style. Like like this is my style. This is what I want my vibe to feel like. I had nothing. So being a vegetarian was like same thing. I was like obsessed with animals. I would cry if I saw an animal on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And yet I was still eating meat because I was just like wasn't thinking about it. So my email my list was how I don't think it's a coincidence that when I became an entrepreneur two years ago, a full-time entrepreneur, I became a full-time vegetarian. I think because I just got like really comfortable with my preferences. It's kind of like, here I am, this is who I am. And like, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Get on board or <laughs> move on. Yeah. So because it's- your business is you. You have no choice but to like get clearer on you because you're spending so much time connecting with yourself. And isn't that so true if for you- so many of us? It's like your business is you. It feels very exposing too. And I think that, uh, you know, you can kind of go to one of two ways with that. Like I've seen a lot of people keep it really like buttoned up and then they don't understand why people aren't connecting with them online. And I don't think that means you have to like air your dirty laundry, but people, people just don't understand how like sharing something about that. It's not like, this is why if you remember Liz, like I said in the email, I'm not writing this email to make you a vegetarian. I'm writing this email to encourage you to be more of you, right? And just start sharing more of you and not being so afraid to kind of say like, here I am, here are some of the experiences or these are things that I love to do. Somebody connects with some part of your story and they'll grab on. I had so many people respond to that email. They were like, that's so funny about the animal crackers. Oh, by the way, like, um, where can I get the ultimate bundle? So it's really funny how things like... (laughs) It's not just like sales stuff. Right. People, people tell me they're freaked out about sales. I'm like, then that, then you're not doing it right because you're not. You don't need to be. You don't need to talk to people that way. Yeah, it, when people get to know you and trust you, that's when they're like, oh, I I'm gonna dig into that product too because I trust them as a person and I believe in who they are. So now I'm going to trust and believe in the product. It's like kind of second, right? Yeah, but you have to let them. Mm-hmm. You have to let them in. It, it'd be like dating. I mean, if you were like you know, holding up your guard. I always think about The Bachelor, like Bachelorette, when like you hear everybody on the show talking about like, I just have my guard up. Like I'm not letting anyone get to know me. And I always, I always picture that like in entrepreneurship, it's not any different. People put up these walls and they yeah. think that they have to act perfect and professional, but they don't. Truth. Yeah. I have yeah. one other question. Remember when I said I have two questions, a uh, spinoff off of- Oh, did we only ask one? <laughs> yeah. But that was no. so long ago. And now I'm, I was like- still, I'm just still very curious about this question. So you know how we were talking about like our perfect environment and we were talking about, you know, like should, shooting all over ourselves and all that. So do you ever struggle with the fact that because you create your own work schedule and because you you choose to do the things that you're doing. Do you ever find it difficult to commit to doing them? Because you're like, I have the option to do it or not. So like, for example, in my brain, I have this, it's not going to happen yet. I'm not ready yet, but it's like this hormones course, right? It's like on the horizon. I can see it. Like that's a lot of work. Then I got to sit down. I got to write all of this. And then I got to do this. And then I got to have this. And it's like, Oh gosh. And you're like, but I'm choosing to do this. I'm choosing to put all of the work on myself. So do you ever struggle with that as an entrepreneur and business owner? Yeah. So of course I do. Yeah. I mean, I I think though that that 
also came back. And and again, this took like a lot of trial and error and shooting all over myself and like beating myself up over this, but giving myself permission to dip out. Like pretty much, and Nina can probably tell me why, but like pretty much the week leading up to my period, for example, I'm like useless. Like I can't think of a blog post. I can't think of a mm-hmm. title. I, I'm like a mess, right? And so I just don't feel like doing it. And now after going through that enough times, I'm like, okay, that's not my week for like hyper getting stuff done. So I get things done in other times, but kind of paying attention to that, even like something like as simple as that and getting to know yourself on that level. I also now capitalize on the times that I do feel like it. And that's been really helpful. And I'm like, I like wake up lots of piss and vinegar and I'm like ready to go. And I'm like, I have so many ideas. I like sit down and bang it out because that's what I want to like capitalize on it because then that gives me the ability to ease back on the other days. But I would also encourage you, Nina, that like if you if you feel like this course is really helpful and it's going to change women's lives and they need it and you know it's going to be good and you know you're going to put your heart and soul into creating it for them, um, like ask yourself, do you trust yourself to show up for yourself? Yeah. And if you don't have to show up for yourself, then check in with what's going on in that you know space. But I feel like knowing you like that. You might be nervous because it's it's just hard to put things out there in general, right? Like it's putting out a program, and this is where we get into like detachment from results, yeah. right? Like yep. selling course doesn't mean anything about you or your business or success or failure or anything like that. And so um, it is hard though to put yourself when you have a business that's like named after you or is your face, you know, being on Instagram and all this stuff. It is hard to feel like you know, okay, if I put this out there, no one buys it. Like now what, mm-hmm. right? But, from those results. The results don't mean anything. If you sold to one person, it changed their life. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And I love that yeah. you also talked about like living and learning because I have um, like a mini six-week course that I put out a few months ago or however long ago this has been now, honestly. And there's so many things about it that I'm like, I really like. But now where your goals start to focus and you start shifting, you really start honing in on what you're passionate about. It's like, oh, holy crap, but this idea, it's like this, but even better. And then like the excitement builds and the excitement builds. And it doesn't mean that the first thing I put out isn't good. It just means that it helped me learn about where I want to go and make something even better. And so I love that we've kind of talked about like, you just have to put yourself out there. You just have to start doing the things. And if you have the passion behind it and the creativity behind it, go for it. And then you're going to learn from it either way. Yeah, it's a learning experience. And that's that growth mindset versus fixed mindset that we can get into of like, you know, you're you're creating the course because you see it as an incredible opportunity, not as like, I hope this sells, I hope this sells, I hope yeah. this sells. Like that's a different attitude or energy to bring to it. Um, I also think just like as an aside about courses, just because I have the ultimate bundle, I feel like I have to tell you this, that like it will, the ultimate bundle was built after having talked to, I think I had like 1200 sales calls with women where they were basically asking the same things over and over and over and over again. And I realized that I didn't have something to solve that problem. So like I had templates, but I didn't have like video trainings or these other things that they needed. And so really spent a lot of time in the brainstorming phase of paying attention to what people really need and what they're asking, and then how you can create the product that connects those two dots. Because I think sometimes the trap that other people fall into is that they'll create something they think People should need it. Again, uh-huh. shooting all of them. 
So they're like, people should know about this thing about their hormones or people need to learn this thing. But if they're not asking the questions, that's where we fall into trouble. And then the little like secret backdoor trick is that you include those things in the course. It's just a matter of how you market it and and how you like what copy you use and, and what you talk about inside of it. Mm-hmm. And so you use the copy that they're using, the way that they are talking about it, the questions that women are asking you is what you use to like drive the marketing of the course. Oh yeah, such good advice. Like what what do people what are people coming to you for? What do people yes. need? Give them what they want and deliver what they need. I think that's like the little thing. So somebody like you, I mean, remember you're the expert, right? And so people come to me and they tell me all kinds of things about what they do and don't need in terms of legal. And I have my little smirk on my face in the background, like, right. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's there is in there that you want. And then when you're done watching that one, you need to go over and like watch these five other videos that I'm telling you about because that's actually what you really need to know. Right. But what gets them hooked and excited is the thing that they think that they really need. Yeah. And they just don't. People, especially with what you guys do too, like people don't know what they don't know and you're the expert. That's why you're there. And so you're really trying to illuminate this for them. And just like they want the same result. They just don't know the method. And that's what you're there to help mm-hmm. them with. Let's be really clear because I realized we never super did a formal introduction because we like <laughs> knew you. We were like really excited. And we and right keep in. talking about the ultimate bundle and like we did toss in there that you were like an attorney turned health coach turned, you know, like legal guru. So can you like, as we're wrapping up, like what is the ultimate bundle? What is the service you provide? Legally legit. I use that term. Me and Liz used that term in a Facebook ad that's coming out soon. We're like, you're oh, going to yeah. learn at Empower voice, how to be legally legit. And I was like, that is Sam. My, here's my pitch for Sam. Just like before she tells us everything, Sam is like the piece of, she's like peace of mind. Like we, I'm always like anything I do, I always worry about legal stuff. And I've talked about it with Nina before. And like, because I've purchased the ultimate bond of what she will talk about. I like, don't worry about it. I'm like, I'm good. I feel like I have all the information I need. I haven't put much out there yet, but like I am covered. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, I'm always very glad to hear that, Liz, obviously. And that that's my goal. And I hear that a lot. So there are two things I would love to, to share with everybody, like where we can connect in case I need anything I have. But then we should also talk about Empowered Voice too, because I'm really hoping- oh, yeah. Be there that we can meet in real, in real life. So yeah, so I help- really coaches and creatives and consultants with online businesses learn how to legally protect and grow their online businesses through my DIY legal templates and through my ultimate bundle program. So all of my legal templates like contracts and the website policies you need to legally protect your business are available on my website for like instant download and they're all available a la carte. They come with like a video walkthrough that teaches you exactly how to fill it out and what it means and how to implement it with your clients. Um, But then the program that we've been talking about a little bit on here today is my ultimate bundle program, which is my signature program where I give you 10 of those legal templates. You really get all of the contracts and website policies that you need to run an online business. Plus you get access to my fearlessly legal video library, which is which contains like 23 video lessons teaching you everything from like how to start an online business, how to work with clients online, how to register and protect your content, um, even like things like how to build an email list and navigate GDPR. So um, it's a really all-encompassing program. And I don't know when you guys will have this episode out, but I will have a free 
workshop coming out soon. So we'll be able to give people the link to watch my new free workshop called The First Five Steps to Legally Protecting and Growing Your Online Business. So we'll include that. And then I also was part of my business. I do a lot of public speaking. And so really going to a lot of conferences and workshops around the country, trying to help women entrepreneurs learn how to legally protect their businesses, really break this stuff down in a simple way. And so one of those places I'm doing that in September is Empowered Voice, which I'm so excited to chat with you guys. Yes, it's going to be great. So Sam is doing a breakout session about everything that you just talked about. And so like we've been saying over and over again with this conference, whether you already have a business or you're interested in putting your voice out there in some form, um, it's important to know how can... like it, It just enhances your confidence to know that you're going into this with the resources that you need and the legal sidekick that you need and you have a resource there. And so, yeah, Sam's just going to make you feel super confident that you have everything you need. Tell us a little bit about... I don't know what you might touch on at the conference. Yeah. So one of the things is that, you know, originally the conference was kind of slated more towards the podcasting world. And now I'm really excited that you guys have opened it up to the wellness world because a lot, because really what I was going to speak about, even when it was just for podcasters was like that it's actually... people get really confused about podcasts and how they fit into business. So one of the things we're going to talk about is how your business is really the main entity. And a podcast is just a marketing tool that comes out of that business. Mm -hmm. So we'll be talking about not only using your voice online to create things like a podcast, but how do you also navigate things like social media and um, working with clients online wherever you're located and working with clients wherever they're located. So we'll talk a little bit about kind of the the basic steps, like what is an LLC? Do you really need one? How do you know when? And then what are some of the basic, basic documents and things you should get in place um, so that you can feel like Liz and just feel that peace of mind that you've got the legal stuff and covered and, and in place so that you can go out there and use your voice to create the content that you really wanted to create. And funny enough, like that's that was actually the original mission, and I mean, it continues to be the the mission. But like, what really like spurred me to create this business was that I wanted women to go out there and create that course and create that program or put the thing out on social that they really wanted to say. Yeah. Not like the water version of it, um, because they felt confident enough that they had the stuff in place. Mm-hmm. So that's really what we'll be focusing on in, in the breakout session. It's like, yeah, because how session. sad like that there are people that are afraid to start something because they're afraid that they're going to get in trouble in some way. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there are people out there who have an idea and something content they want to put out there, an idea, something they want to make, whatever it is, and they're afraid that they're it's going to come back to bite them some in the end if they don't do things 100% correctly. So yes, I'm sure. sure. I'd say like half of my clients at least are feel that way. And I always joke, at least myself, um, that I think I'm like a business doula because I feel like yeah, I like birth businesses because, <laughs> because so many people will be like, after I met Sam, I was able to finally like register my LLC or start putting my program out there. You or whatever. So the businesses. I birthed it. Well, you I gave people them. I just, it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm just the doula. Yeah, right. You're just the doula. You are not dishing out that many. Not the business mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love exactly. It. Well, we're so excited to see you in September, along with, I mean, so many of our friends are going to be there. Like, Simi's going to be speaking. And I know that you're also friends with Katie Dale Bout. And, uh, well, actually, the whole Philly crew and like New York crew. I mean, there's so many wonderful people coming. So we're so, I'm so excited. excited for it. I keep telling everybody, if you're 
listening to this and haven't checked it out yet. I keep telling everybody wherever I've been going. I was just speaking at a conference this weekend in Boston and I was telling people about Empowered Voice and I was like, you "You should see the lineup that they got. Like, it's amazing. I'm so proud of them. And the, the speakers that they have coming, you guys, like I have been to events that have hundreds and hundreds and up to like a thousand something people where these speakers have been and they got them all in one place. Like I don't know the last time that I've been to a conference where all of these people are going to be in one place. And I keep joking with my friends that like, I'm just like the tag along. So like, go look at... (laughs) That is not true. (laughs) true. (laughs) So look them up because it's pretty incredible. And I know for sure, like I'll be there listening whenever I'm not in my breakout session, I will be there watching. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Ah, okay. This is, I'm like jazzed for my own event now. I'm like, yeah, let it be September. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show again and for talking to our listeners and for anyone that is a business owner or looking to get into a business, or I think like a lot of life takeaways, to be honest, just about like giving yourself some grace and not shitting on yourself is a lot of uh, the information that we came out with today. So I appreciate you talking with us. I appreciate you guys having me again. I'm so excited. And third time will be a charm. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love it. I think Simi is, has Simi been on three times? Twice. She's winning. Oh, Oh, so we're like, you're you're the top level. Right. (laughs) Two times. I'm honored, guys. Thanks guys so much for tuning into this episode. I hope that you are feeling a little bit more confident if you are starting to think about diving into business or if you already are in business or if you just took away some things for working in corporate America that can make your life a little bit easier. I feel like Sam does a great job of diversifying the information and making you feel like it's super accessible. So thanks again to Sam and thank you guys for listening. Don't forget about those Empowered Voice tickets, $97 that you can get at the link in our bio, on Eventbrite, or at EmpoweredVoiceConference.com. And I'm just going to throw this out there. This conference is not limited to just people in Ohio. Like if you are coming from out of state, we want you to come. We welcome you and know that Columbus is a really affordable city. Like we all have conferences in LA or New York, like definitely tons to do, but there's also a ton to do in Columbus and it's really affordable to find lodging here. So we hope that that won't deter you if you're coming from out of state. We would love to see some of our listeners from further away. All right. That's all we have for you this week, but we'll talk to you next Monday with a new guest and some new inspiring content.